welcome to Notorious P.O.D. This is episode 53. I'm your host, Big John Bass. It's another Hip Hop Forum episode, which means I'm joined by a man who is wearing an identical top to the other man on this call. It's Cal. <laughs> why, why am I copying him and he's not copying me? Because T is way cooler than you. Like, we know that you look up to T in many ways. Um, and, yeah. you know, it's... It's clear that, you know, you're looking at it. I mean, look, T's a very well-dressed man. He's a very fashionable guy. And you've looked at that and you've taken note. I mean, what I would say, though, is a football shirt is probably not at the top of the list of things you'd put in the sort of fashionista category. But you are, copy, you are copying him. You are ripping him off. You're taxing him. Um, <laughs> Tax. I just love that. What, Tax. What, 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 do you remember that from school? Did you have? Was that the same thing where you went to school? Yeah, you're taxing him. Well, yeah, yeah you get, someone gets robbed, yeah. Yeah. Well, did you have that for when someone like copied their style? Copied the other one. Yeah. Ooh, you like, taxed yeah. it. Taxed yeah. it. Why, ta- why tax my trainers? I bought yeah. them last week. That that sounds vaguely familiar. That does. That does. Yeah. I feel like there's probably there's probably other slang words that we use, but I can't remember them. But ta- ta- I, do you, did you did you did you at school if you like so say you and your your best mate gary say you was hanging out right and then and then gary went off and gaz that was it sorry gaz i know you're listening gaz i don't think you exist um say gaz went off and hung out with somebody else was that called yeah. skanking, skanking yep. yeah. you skanked yeah. me it'd be like oh yeah like i'll meet Back you at, meet, yeah meet you at the arndale on saturday at one o'clock <laughs> all right see you there where you meet, meet me um meet me outside um millets all right nice one you get there and then you just skank them, just run off. You'll be like, why are you fucking skanking? You skanked me. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting at McDonald's. Don't get the train without me. Yeah. <laughs> getting skanked was getting skanked was long. Um, talking of the mean streets of Luton and another sort of similar place, Baltimore. And when I think of Baltimore, I think of one show and one show only, um, which is The Wire. And uh, we haven't recorded for a little while. And in the interim period since our last episode, the sad news that Michael K. Williams of um, not just The Wire, um, loads of different shows, Boardwalk Empire, loads of other movies as well, uh, sadly passed away, which was really sad because he has a very strong connection to, I guess, like the culture. Um, he's obviously a massive hip hop head, very well connected with a lot of rappers. And and obviously The Wire being such an important part of, again, of the culture in terms of uh, the impact that he's had. Um, it was really sad news. I think all of all the... Uh, all of us were really kind of sad to hear that news. I thought it'd just kind of it'd be good for us to um, just, I guess, pay a bit of respects to to Michael K. Williams. Um, T, I'll start with you, mate. What are, what are your thoughts and memories of him, really? I didn't get introduced, by the way, but it's okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> fucking hell. Honestly, honestly. Fucking I'm sorry, sick I could not. You. What an sick absolute, you, absolutely sick of you, mate. Disgrace. I, I've thought i thought to be honest a man like you t needs no introduction also i sort of it was a it was a double introduction and it was by implication which in a way is cooler but um one, and also we're joined by i'm the oldest one here i'm the most immature person of the three um <laughs> well, what I like that is, you knew you, you knew you i could see you smiling i was like what the fuck is he smiling for like this is quite a sad bit and i and then just just drops that fucking bomb just kicks me right in the shin right go on then fucking go on i'm sure michael k williams will, will find a we'll see the funny side of that but um no it's um it's obviously really sad but it's kind of heartwarming the um the tributes that were paid to him because you know not only was he an amazing actor but you know before that he was you know very involved in dance choreographing videos and you know just the way he made it, i think tupac kind of gave him his break and you know people in hip-hop you know buster rhymes a bunch of other hip-hop heads you know gave their props to uncle k williams he's just um this is something we say a lot on the podcast but he, he is just the culture you know um hip-hop isn't you know as kind of repeat myself again it's not a monolith hip-hop can be so many things it can represent itself in in the arts and Michael K Williams is a prime example of that but you know it's um obviously really sad I mean there's rumors that you know, he might have had a relapse and it just shows how tough things can be you know for people who you know who are struggling whether it's lockdown I mean it's been alluded to that it was Lovecraft County that that's quite an intense role for him and that may have made him relapse, but no, it's um, really, really sad news, and you know, it'll be sorely missed. Yeah, for sure. Cal, how about you, mate? How did you um, how did you take the news? What were your thoughts and and memories? Yeah, obviously, just really, really sad news. He wasn't 
you know, an old man by any stretch, really. And uh, I think he meant so much to us because he gave us one of the most iconic characters in TV history in in Omar, you know. Uh, and we all we all quote quote Omar little all the time. You know, come at the king, you best not miss. Everybody, we all quote him. He was in, you know, one of the few, very few people to be in the two greatest TV shows of all time, The Sopranos and The Wire. Good he's in there. He's in the in the Sopranos for a nanosecond, isn't he? When he yeah, he Jackie April, he houses Pril. Jackie Junior, my father, yeah. <laughs> my father. Look up to you, God. That guy was such a gorm. Um, <laughs> he got what he deserved. <laughs> he was such a dick, wasn't he, Jackie Junior? He's a fucking dick. Um, but yeah, no, he was uh, obviously a huge talent. Uh, yeah, a huge loss. And you know, thinking about the why, I think um, I'd never heard of it really. And then I started seeing it quite a bit in Double XL magazines. Uh, and you remember from my first appearance on the pod, I brought the Double XL magazines with me. I used to read them all the time. I was like, "What is this show?" And I got a, a bootleg copy of the first season from a local market and watched six episodes in a row. Just watched it for the first time, and I watched six episodes. I was like, "Raw, this is amazing!" And Omar was a massive part of that show. And the way the way he went out in the show was was really sad, but also really poignant for this for the story that for the story of the whole show itself. But yeah, really sad. You know, really sad. It seems that. You know, it sounds like a similar kind of passing to, to DMX almost. You know, the drugs are involved, not too sure, you know, around the details of it. But, yeah, it's a real shame. Yeah, real shame. And, and like you said, I, I think um, I think sometimes, like, actors can transcend, like, just a role to make it something a bit more cultural. And, mm. and you know, without giving too many spoilers away for those who haven't seen The Wire, I mean, if you haven't seen it now, one, what you're doing, um, two, and surely this is famous enough, but also portraying a, a gay character um in in a in a show that wouldn't necessarily lend itself um to thinking about it in that way was was really brave from a um creative point of view and i thought his portrayal of it could could have very easily become insensitive in many ways or or not accurate and i think he it's a testament to him as an actor to have been able to carry that character with the weight and the depth that it deserved and again like i think he's just uh He's just a magnificent actor, and it's a it's a real real loss. Um, T, you mentioned there about um, when when we were talking about him around kind of the mental strain maybe he was under from the role and how that had an impact on him. Um, I'm going to move into um, the next topic, which is around someone else who's had their like struggles with mental illness, um, which is Kanye West. And we have for many an episode in talking about the arrival of Donda. In true Notorious P.O.D. fashion, it dropped the week we weren't recording and then we haven't <laughs> recorded for two weeks. <laughs> so we haven't had a chance to talk about it. So I would like to I would like to cover it, talk about it in like a bit of detail in terms of the, the music and stuff. And then we can talk around the kind of whole the whole hubbub around the album. So um, T, I'll, I'll start with you because I know that you were listening to it like yesterday in, in preparation. Um, where are you at with Donda? <clears throat> I listened to it for the very first time yesterday, so I've only listened to it through once, and um, I was quite impressed. But then, is um, am I impressed because the previous albums are so bad, or am I impressed because it's a genuinely good album? At the moment, I don't know, but it was just so much more palatable than his previous fare. You know, um, uh, there's, I mean, you know. I'm sure we're discussing a bit. It's moved away from the old school soul samples, and it just kind of makes almost futuristic hip hop. Almost, I mean, if there are samples, there's probably be some obscure German 1970s, um, you know, industrial band samples. <laughs> yeah. You know, so um, so no, I've, I've actually quite enjoyed the album, and um, the J Electronica verse on there is something else. It's just absolutely masterful. But yeah, it's a good album, I'd say might be maybe a Champions League place in the discography or maybe just missing out. Wow. Um, all right. Well, we will. There's a lot, a lot to unpack there. Let's let's go to you, Cal, so I can see if, if you're in more in line with T or whether you've got a slightly different view. Haven't heard it. <laughs> Trash! <laughs> I've not actually listened to it. I've just not had the chance. Uh, I've not listened to it. Uh, I know, so... Let's, let's, just, let's just go to you, John, because I know you've got a different opinion, because I've not heard it, so I'm interested. Fair enough. Um, so I, 
first of all, I'm really glad when people like albums that I don't particularly love, right? It's not, I'm not, I don't get any satisfaction from like me going, oh, I don't, I'm not really vibing this album. And so I'm going, oh, well, yeah, okay, then I hate it as well. I like it when people like music. We don't all have to agree on everything. <laughs> I mean, I like it when people like music. It just sounded funny to me. Well, yeah, I mean, well, what I mean is that, like, I guess, yeah, like, I, there's, there's loads of music that I don't enjoy, right? And I just, yeah. like, I can't understand why other people like it. I'm like, this is just terrible, right? I'm not even talking about Donde, I'm just talking broadly speaking, right? But when someone else is enjoying it, like, that can't be a bad thing. That's got to be a, like, there's got to be a positive ultimately in the universe somewhere that they're getting some enjoyment out of it. So, first things first, when T was like, yeah, I'm quite enjoying it, I was like, well, that's good, right? That means he's got one more album that he likes to listen to. Little did I know the next day he was going to mug me off for not introducing that. <laughs> really. You know, you got to take these. You got to take these low points. So I I listened to it pretty much when it dropped because I think I um, we'd obviously been waiting for it to drop to talk about in the pod, and I saw it land. I think when I was on holiday, and I messaged you boy saying it's landed, and I was kind of excited for it. I don't know why. I just thought, yes, this is going to be. A lot more in line with his old stuff because in my mind all the leaks that i'd heard were like soul and gospel like infused stuff and i was like yes that's much more in my like wheelhouse of stuff i'm interested in even in like what's going on in like modern hip-hop now anything that's that side of it i'm, I'm more interested in anyway it opens with that fucking donda chant donda 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 for a minute two minutes whatever it is fucking waste of time that wound me up immediately so I was like, oh, <laughs> this is immediately annoying uh and then it just it goes into what i can just describe as like i think you're right here it's futuristic right it doesn't sound traditional but i also just think it, it's sort of like uh ross in friends on the keyboard like it's just bollocks like it's just going right well no one's ever put a cowbell reversed and like really loud in the like middle third so i'll just put that there to see what happens and then people will think i'm a genius and i was like oh no you're being an arsehole just just stop overthinking it just listen to it just listen to it take take your mind away and i was just really fucking struggling like really really finding it painful to the point where i was like this is borderline offensively annoying and un borderline unlistenable then i got to the track with the lauren hill sample and I was like, fuck me, just make 10 tracks like this and I'll be on board. Because it's not like College Dropout. It's a completely different sound, but it has the essence of why I used to like him and has an interesting subject matter. I just find his stuff so self-indulgent and futuristic and just blah. Just like, oh, I'm just going to make a load of mad shit and not edit it properly and just fuck around with it and people will love it. And that meme of one day Kanye's going to release an album and he wants you to imagine the music and Kanye stands are going to be like, yeah, I hear it. That's what, that's <laughs> where he's at now. Um, Everything you've said is actually accurate though. Um, it reminded me of a bit of a Be Here Now by Oasis where you know, they had like a two year Coke binge. They just made an album of seven minute songs. And that's what this album was. His album is um, an hour and 48 long. Um he released, I think there's a song in there, Jesus is Lord of J Electronica. And there's a part two, which is the same song, but with a couple more verses. I'm like, one day he's generally going to take a shit, put Swarovski crystals in it, and put it in an art, put it in a fucking art gallery, and people are going to rate it. I mean, mm. that's just him. Um, he is self-indulgent, but... The album was palatable, and it's almost like it's almost like his progress. It's a bit like Spurs in one nil, you know. Um, it's awful to watch, but he won the game, so you know, come on, <laughs> yeah. give us some credit. And that, that's what that's what the album felt like. I can't. It's difficult to call it a return to form. But I just think Kanye will always be Kanye. He'll. It's a bit like, well, you guys have enjoyed this too, but I'm going to make something to annoy people, i.e., the Donda chant, and the album being nearly two hours long. So. Mm. There is that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're right in some ways, T, in the sense of, like, it's not quite a return to form, but there is there is something there. And this is what I felt about his last three projects. Like, if he'd either, A, just taken a bit more time with uh, Yee, or Yay, whatever it's called, Yay, there's three or four tracks on there. I'm like, yeah, they're sort of nearly there. Like, they're good. They could be good. This There's something here, right? There's two or three tracks on this project where I'm like, yeah, 
there's something here. This could be quite good, right? There's a few bits he did for Nas where I'm like, yeah, that's right. A few bits for Keith. Like, he's done some bits over the last few or three, uh, two or three projects where I'm like, yeah, that's sort of, that's sort of it. Like, that's sort of, it's not your old sound. And it's not this like sparse, random, futuristic, self-indulgent bullshit. You're sort of, it's got a bit of something about it. But I just think he's either just rushing or believing his own hype or surrounded by people who aren't going, nah, that ain't ready. Like, produce the fucking thing. And that's what I think's frustrating because again, I feel like this is another missed opportunity. Because I think there's some re- there is some good stuff here. As much as I'm like digging him out and saying it's borderline unlistenable, the 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 other side of that borderline is stuff that that could be quite good. And that's that is the major frustration for me here with this project. Um, but it's the same old thing, right? I guess, Cal, this is where I'm going to sort of try and bring you into this. What what do you think it will take for Kanye stands to think that? what he releases isn't the best album of the decade every time he drops. Because there were, within an hour, and bear in mind T's quite rightly mentioned this album's nearly two hours long, people within an hour going, this could be album of the decade. Nothing. It's <laughs> no, nothing. There's nothing. It's like T said, he could have a shit and, you know, put some crystals on it and stick it in a box and people would buy it. That's 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 the world we're in now. We're in the stand kind of, it's like Donald Trump. 65 million people voted for that fucking gore. Like that's that's the world we're in. He could shag an Alsatian in the Rose Garden and no one would give a shit. That's that's the world we're in now. And Kanye can do anything. That's why he was able to do free listening parties and people motherfuckers turned up there and took cellophane bags and clipped the bags and sold the air on eBay. Because <laughs> that's yeah, honestly, they were selling the air. They were like bagging the air and zipping zipping the bag up and selling it for a thousand dollars on eBay. We're in the in this world of like cult kind of fandom, and people are gonna love Kanye whatever he does. I think the days of him making classic albums, classic hip hop albums, are over. They are finished. Yeah. They've been over for a long time. Um, I've not heard the album, so I may put it on tomorrow and be like, "Oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever." Um, but chances are, I'm gonna put it on tomorrow, and I'm gonna think, "Nah," and I'll never listen to it again. That's that's what it's been for Kanye for the last two or three projects. That says a lot for my concentration as well, particularly in the modern world where we're, where we consume music and we've spoken about this a hundred times about how we consume music and we don't listen to it anymore kind of thing. Um, that's that's what I expect. You know, I would love, as I said before, you know, the romantic notion of an old champion coming back and, and, and sticking it to the young guys. Uh, I did see the a thing where Drake was uh, upset because I know we're going to talk about Drake's album in a second. Uh, did you see that Kanye offered Drake a beat and then Drake was like yeah cool I'll, I'll have that beat yeah thank you and then like the next day Kanye put the beat out with the you know he did that song with the skibbity bibbity boop skibbity you know with the, with the random shit on it yeah that was the beat that he offered to Drake he was like yeah Drake have this beat mate yeah yeah oh okay yeah cool I'll have that and the next day I'm gonna put it out and just making fart noises on it and just fucking around it's like yeah you can't have it no more dick it's just so childish so if that's prepared. true I fucking love him for that. If that's yeah, it's Drake I rate that. that said it. It's Drake that said it. Drake said Brilliant. he offered me that beat, and then the next day did it. So it must be true. That's that's amazing. I saw this week as well. Um, oh, what's that geezer's name? Ah, oh, for fuck's sake, T Pain. T Pain was saying this week that um he was in the studio with Kanye, and he was like working on his mixtape, and he said he's like, well, I'm not not going to ask Kanye's opinion. So he's like, I played him a couple of tracks and he um, he picked out one line and he was like, nah, don't use that line. It's, it's a bit corny. And T-Pain was like, well, yeah, like, I know some of the lines are right corny, but they're kind of, they're on the nose for a reason. It's kind of like my style and it's fine. But I thought, it's Kanye West. Like, I probably should listen to him. So I took the line out and then <laughs> he used that line on his album like six months later when he released it. And he was literally like, you oh. motherfucker. Took me to take a line out and then stole it anyway. He's such oh. a troll. That's incredible. So I thought that was um, I thought that was pretty good. Cal, you mentioned uh, Drake there. Yeah. That's, I mean, look, we could talk about that. We could unpack, uh, basically, uh, pods who probably will do a better job of unpacking the album have already unpacked the album don't want to go into loads about donda i thought it was trash uh if i'm being honest if i had to score it out of five mics i'd give it one um at best t what would you give it out of five 3.2 3.2 fair so now let's go on to the other album of the moment um by uh drake 
certified lover boy. Now, I've said many times how I'm not a lover of Drake. However, I do respect him as a essentially a, a pop star, mm-hmm. as a as a artist, right? And I thought, do you know what? I'll give this a go because I've actually quite liked Drake's output of late. It's quite it's since he took a pounding um, by Pusha T. Uh, he's actually done quite well since then. He's kind of done all right. And also, I think he's realised just stick to your lane, just make bangers. Like don't don't try and be down with the street shit. It's not you. And so this this whole like certified lover boy. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly it. Just be like Big Daddy Kane of your era. Like just be about the ladies and being a fucking a G. Don't give it like. Don't give it the large one about being fucking... Don't try and be Griselda when you're not, basically. Mm. And so I was kind of like, well, give this a go. And and again, this was one of those ones where I wasn't really holding out much hope. However, I quite like it. I quite <laughs> like it. I don't love it. It's not. It's probably not his best album I've heard from him. But I do like it. And I like the the sound that he's gone for. It's much. It's a much easier and digestible listen. It's what I would describe as like a normal album. In other words, you can actually fucking listen to the thing. Um, and it's good. There's some classic Drake stuff on there that if you like Drake, you'll love it, right? Um, I don't think it's groundbreaking music. I don't think it's like the best thing in his catalogue. But it's pretty decent. Um, either of you two listen to it. So you've listened to it now, right? I did listen to most of it today. Um, Drake has a really good knack for making forgettable albums in that. I listened to the album and I'll have forgotten it within an hour. <laughs> you know, it's just um he's got a really good knack for that. Um the album wasn't bad. Yeah. Um the, the track with future too sexy, um it's fun, I suppose. Um yeah. the one we sample was Michelle from the beat was that's the opening track. Champagne Poetry, is it called that? Yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think so. Uh, that, that. that track's all right, but he's just a cultural phenomenon right now. Um he, you know, he knows what the people want and he's got a knack for, you know, churning that out. But other than Take Care of More Life, I can't remember any of his albums. And this album might be in that category. Yeah, fair, Cal. What are you saying? Uh, yeah, he's. I did listen to most of it like T did. Um, hour 26, T. I don't know what you thought about that. Compared to I, I, I didn't finish it, so. Yeah, hour 26. Uh, just checked, quickly just checked on Apple Music. Um the thing is with Drake is like Drake makes songs for TikTok dances and to get memes going on Instagram, right? That's that's his lane. He that opening track is so long and that sample is really annoying. Yeah. And he raps about absolutely nothing. When he mm. do you remember do you remember that video that somebody put on Twitter and it was this white guy in the front of the car and he goes, I'm gonna pretend to rap like Drake, and he goes, It's basically just a soul, it's basically just a, a woman singing over a beat. And then he just raps about and just says loads of stuff, but he doesn't really say anything. Yeah. It's like, tell us something like, I think he thinks he's being really introspective and really deep, but he's not. He's saying nothing at all. Like he's... He's puddle deep. Yeah. 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 He's, he's Frank Ocean of hip hop. Listen to a Frank Ocean song. It's about nothing. Yeah. If you Pretty words. It doesn't mean mm. anything. Yeah. I do love me a bit of Frank Ocean. I think if he wasn't famous, he'd be a, you know, he'd be a single mum posting me- posting quote memes on instagram like that's that's his albums basically it's just live laugh love yeah Yeah, live he's just a live laugh love he he should just name his next album that like he's just like he's cool i like it when he makes bangers like make bangers it's cool but just even when he tries to rap like i think i'm really deep and introspective like no you're not you're just saying shit but it's fine it's cool it's all right yeah I, i mean my favorite thing about drake is when people just post like one liners of his like the live life love shit where they think they're like they think they've literally gone wow that is the deepest lyric i've ever heard (laughs) and they're like just tweeting it out and it's all over twitter and you're like what the fuck is this random shit and then you can start to piece out there's like everyone's favorite and people start doing it as they're like instagram thing and their tinder bios and all this shit it's like guys like look through the back catalog of any any good rapper there'll be one or two lines that will fucking piss all over drake's best ever lines it's funny it's funny you say that because jay-z had a line that actually says twice on his guest verse right um people want money but they don't know the value of it something like that but really said in a clever way and i'm sure that that's going to be all over social media soon you know and their you know phantom the doors that were the doors that opened backwards with that quote on there. Just think, <laughs> fucking Tory, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> fucking t- 
<laughs> Jay Z, you fucking Tories, probably the probably the title. He really hates that fucking tape. He really hates the fucking dinner with Jay Z crowd. <laughs> oh fuck me! I love that. That's really taken off recently because it was. It's also it's been on the undercurrent, but it's like recently it's really blown up to a yeah. point where even Tidal tweeted it. Yeah. Just take the fucking money, mate. Yeah, <laughs> always take the money. It's like the, my best bit about that. I've seen one where it was just like Jay Z, and it would like it, it was obviously like a picture from where he just had some fast food or whatever. And it was like, I'm so annoyed I didn't take the three million. He's just <laughs> he's just buried his burger, drank half his milkshake, and fucked off. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bit like yeah, have a training session of Cristiano Ronaldo, or fucking have spend it get a million pounds as a one to one training from the best trainers in the world. It's just stupid. I mean, like, so... Jay-Z's, like Jay-Z's going to tell you all of his secrets over dinner. Yeah, but also, what's he going to say? Okay, so all you need to do is be one of the best ever rappers slash musicians slash businessmen of all time, and you'll be really rich. Oh, thanks for telling me that. I didn't know that. Like, what's he going to actually... What's his advice going to be? Because he basically was a really good rapper who ended up doing really well for himself and then investing his money back in. Those days are gone. Like, how are you expected to get to that point? I mean, he says in um, in 444 about like, oh, I had an opportunity to buy a place in Dumbo. Uh, like, back then it was like 4 million. What's it worth today? 20 million. How am I feeling? Dumbo. It's like, yeah, who had 4 million in the 90s? Yeah. No one. <laughs> exactly. So what, like, it's a it, it's such a stupid thing. But yeah, it does, it does crack me up. I've got a lot of time for for the dinner with Jay-Z meme. Um, but T wouldn't go out of pure principle because he's a Tory cunt and he would um, beat him in go. the face. Yeah, fair. Um, if if Jay-Z is a, a hip-hop Tory, who are the other candidates? So who is like, who is the hip-hop Labour poster boy and who's like, and who's your Brexit and who's your Lib Dem? Maybe we should answer that another time, but we should that's think about really, that. That's, that's really good, you know, because... Hip-hop is, is very, very capitalist, so that mm. makes it Tory by nature. And I guess a Labour rapper might be Kendrick Lamar, I suppose, or maybe Andre 3000, because he lives quite a minimalist life, even though he must be quite wealthy from all the, all the things. Brexit might be 50 Cent, actually, because he's just a fucking... <laughs> troll. He's, he's just an extremist. <laughs> just wants, I mean, <laughs> he doesn't want to be in the game, he just wants to fucking blow it all up. I mean, Michael K. Williams had died. Everyone's really sad. He's just trolling him within yeah. minutes of the guy, guy's death being announced. That just shows 50 years Brexit. Yeah. I'd say um, I'd say Snoop is uh, Lib Dems because he's just he's just never like he's on. Everyone likes him. He's never really offensive yeah. either way. Like he can sort of hang around. He can be in a coalition with the Tories and label, you know, label will vote for him. He's just in that perfect slot. You know, he's never going to be the king of hip hop, but he's always going to be in the mix. 100%. I always thought Snoop would be in the Green Party, surely. <laughs> good. <yeah. laughs> that is good. That is good. I like that. Yeah. All right. Well, look, we're going to um, we're gonna have a quick break and then we're going to come back uh, into part two, which is back in the day. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. So would you, would you, talking to Tories, would you vote Tory if Boris manages to um, tie down Nicki Minaj? Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> and um, I'd, I'd get a title subscription and buy everything Jay Z's ever made, even from <laughs> even even original flavor. He's got one little verse in the album. I'd buy that as well. I think that I'd be worth it. You know, if if you know Boris got through a Nicki Minaj, yeah. Yeah, I would go. Um, I'd go fox hunting immediately, and I'd just shoot. I'd just shoot the foxes. I wouldn't wait for the dogs to get them. I'd just shoot them. I'd just be like a <laughs> drive by in a in a woods. I'd, I'd shoot the dogs as well to be honest just blowing everyone away <laughs> everything just fucking anyone could get it shoot the other horses the other riders yeah. just be yeah. grenades man yeah. <laughs> grenades just yeah. let the dogs go and then just throw a grenade over the top of the lot <laughs> that. <laughs> Where, <laughs> where's the where's the hunt taking place oh in the local minefield come down it'll be a laugh just pause all over the shop yeah, just, <laughs> just fucking bits of fur we'll stitch that together I'll make that into a lovely jacket just leaving fucking fox carcasses at Labour HQ just every day wearing a fucking I'd, I'd be I'd go door to door campaigning for Boris if he managed to get yeah clap those cheeks wearing one of those divvy rosettes walking around going yes 
I mean, it's a campaign for our Lord and Saviour, Boris Johnson. Yeah, I'd um, I'd kick Keir Starmer in the bollocks as well, and then just go, I oh, smell my fingers if I was Boris. I'd respect that. I'd respect that hundred percent. Yeah, he's got. I mean, he's got. He's got to. Um, he's got to stamp his authority. Um, the reason we're talking about that is we were talking about Jay Z being a Tory, and then um, T reminded me and Cal that uh, this week we saw Nicki Minaj and Boris Johnson. In what I can only describe as one of the weirdest, inter- it was like an episode of Black Mirror. It was fucking berserk, where she tweeted something about the vaccine doing something to her cousin's bollocks in Trinidad. Oh. Then Chris Whitty starts piping up, calling anti-vaxxers should be a disgrace. And then Boris gets involved, and, and in true Boris form, just makes it a fucking mockery. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then basically, Nicki Minaj is is um is is basically into Boris, is what we've like realised. She likes a bit of a British accent. She would probably do bojo which look he's got he's obviously got something about him do you know what he reminds me of a little bit like knowing um austin powers how austin clearly is disgusting rank teeth shit hair but he's got this weird 70s british shagger charm maybe it's maybe that's a real thing and boris has got it as well because he is shagging boy kids all over the place top shagger boris mate he's he's got more kids than covid cases he is absolutely <laughs> super spreading sperm. Right, let's. Um, this is part two. Back in the day, this is where we uh, we take a story or stories that reference something from or someone from the golden era. We've got a couple of bits to go over. Um, again, in true notorious POD hip hop foreign fashion, we missed a couple of big landmarks the last couple of weeks. So, um, Tupac anniversary of his death. Um, T, I feel like this is in more in your ballpark. Me and me and. Me and Cal are probably a bit too young, really, for this. Don't want to sort of out you age-wise here, but you remember this quite clearly, don't you, mate? I do, because um, he didn't die the day he got shot. So um, he was in hospital for best part of, well, best part of the week. I don't want to say a number, I'm probably going to get that wrong. But he got shot after the Bruce Seldon fight. And we just thought, oh, he got shot again. Slapped when they interviewed Biggie. And he said, what, again? You know, yeah. what happened this time, kind of thing? We just... Figured he'd survive, but he just didn't improve and, you know, passes away. And it was just, it's mad because you know, <clears throat> it's easily, obviously, it's one of the biggest deaths in hip hop of all time and you know, probably ever. But at that time, we just thought, we just thought he's, he was invincible. And, you know, we're at a stage now where I think he's dead longer than he's lived. So, and when you think about how young he was when he died, it's mental. What, 25? And you've got people like, what, little Uzi Vert is probably older than that. <laughs> and it still looks like, it's still like a kid to me. So, um, no, but, <clears throat> you know, his legacy is a complicated one. It's a very complicated one. I only really got into him after he died because it was like, you know, Carl mentioned earlier on about the cult. And back then the cult was Biggie or Tupac. You couldn't be one or the other. You had to be one. And it was 100% Biggie. Did listen to any the only two pack song I knew before he died is probably hit him up and I get around. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to name other songs off the top of my head. Maybe um oh, what's that one? Hey Mama, that's it. And that's it. But yeah. it was all a dear mama. But it's all about like Biggie at the time. So when he died, I thought, mm, you know, hopefully there'll be peace. And six months later, Piggy dies. So <laughs> what can he do? Yeah. F- fucking fucking madness. Well, off the back of that, I mean, these two, I feel like they are, they're bound forever. I mean, they were in their life, their lives intertwine so much. And when 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 you mention one, you always mention the other. And you mentioned Biggie there. Cal, ready to die at 27. I mean, do you know what I find weird about it? Like hip hop Twitter and hip hop in general. 27th year is not an anniversary. Can we, we should make it 25th, 30, like. Yeah. I'll tell you what, odd. the thing was, is that obviously it's not a landmark. I didn't realise it was on the same day that Tupac died. Obviously, yeah. before Tupac had died, but it's like, wow, I didn't realise same day. Mad, isn't it? That, that you know, you know, it's like Biggie makes an album called Ready to Die, and then Tupac gets shot on the like the two year anniversary of it. It's like <laughs> if Biggie wasn't the prime suspect, I can't, I don't know who was. Um, but you know, who, who shot you, Hunter? Yeah, yeah, who shot you, Lol. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, yeah, it's just such a weird fucking coincidence, isn't it? You know, that you know, the two years after he makes an album called Ready to Die, Tupac gets murked. Um, but 
Yeah, they, you're right. They are absolutely interlinked. They still make documentaries about it now. We were talking about the new film Last Man Standing made by that British guy. Was it Nick, Nick, Nick Broomfield? Nick Broomfield, who made Tupac and Biggie, yeah. Yeah, there's people still, they still talk about um, Tupac and Biggie now. Um, yeah, I think you're right, T. I think it's like you're, you almost have to be one or the other. If people find out you, you're into hip hop, they go, which one are you? Like, And the truth is they're both absolute legends. And, um, you know, we were talking about Drake and Kanye earlier on and they're having the most pathetic, corny beef ever. Like, it's pathetic what they're doing. Like, have a fucking move about in the car park or shut the fuck up about it, to be honest, because I'm sick of hearing about it. That's a proper, you know, Tupac and Biggie, that's, you know, we didn't want it to happen, but people fucking died, you know. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Someone like, died. Know, yeah. Someone, someone died or shut the fuck up about it. I'm sick of hearing you two fucking going yeah. on. It's get in the car park, take your shirts off, and have a fucking move about. Um, but yeah, like, you know, ready to die, like, obviously a classic album you know obviously a classic album um um life after death was always my favorite but ready to die is a classic as well but yeah especially yeah. for sure I, i'd say like um when i think of ready to die like the uh, the artwork like the tracks on there the producers on there like the method man feature like like it's 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 well up there for me like be- best ever hip-hop albums it's just really iconic and you know uh, both both Tupac and Biggie have uh, have those moments in hip hop, and I mean, again, there's not much more we can say about these two or these two uh, p- particular events. Um, right, let's let's move into um, still in the back in the day uh, section, but something that's kind of linked to today, but it's a bit of a throwback. So, essentially, in the last uh, couple of weeks, Conway of Griselda fame has said that Griselda are the best hip hop group ever. Uh, before that, I've, I think probably about last year, um, Migos said the same thing on a radio station. Basically, Migos are the, the best hip hop group of all time. Now, obviously, uh, being an old head as I am, I found both of that just like laughable, to be honest. I was, wasn't was even like annoyed because for me, that's like get serious. Um, but T makes a good point um, when we were speaking about this before we recorded. I'd be interested to get your view on this. Um around well of course they think that they should think that right and i wonder if that is actually a a sort of a legitimate point where if you don't particularly in hip-hop if you don't think you're the best like what's the fucking point but at what point at what point t does there have to be a bit of self-awareness because you can also embarrass yourself a little bit by making a statement that's so bold that you look a bit of a cunt which is what i think they've both done in this scenario that's true but they both have <clears throat> they both have cult followings, though, so they may as well either appeal to to the cult or be in the real world. I'm sure if you sat Conway down, they'd probably say, you know what, Wu-Tang are the best group of all time, but that's not going to sell him records. All these things sell. It's like um, Michael Jackson calling himself the king of pop. Because he called himself that, that's what it is. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now... The fact that Migos has said it's opened up a conversation and their fans are going to think that they're the best group that's, that's, ever, that's ever existed. But it's saying they're the greatest of all time. It's all marketing anyway. And it's the same in Muhammad Ali said it. It's the same in Michael Jackson said it. It's the same in Elvis and James Brown said it. It's all, it's all marketing. It's, some, it's just a means of marketing themselves. And it's just a means of, um, of getting themselves out there. I mean, neither are, neither are the greatest group of all time, but... These days, it's about people's opinions become their personality, and and that's where the stand culture comes in, which which needs to end really. Yeah, fuck it, burn a lot of them. We'll we'll, t- we'll bring we'll invite them to the um to the fox hunting, and we'll tell them like, I tell you what, you lot go into the woods, you go ahead, you go ahead. Um, th- ignore that sign that says mines. That's just the guy who owns the field. Um, yep. right, Cal, talk to me. What? If if Griselda, I mean maybe Griselda and Migos, one of them are the best group. If they're not, who are the best groups in hip hop? Who is the best group ever in hip hop? Um, well, well, it's obviously the best group is the Wu Tang Clan and the best best Correct. group of the time. And Correct. Mob, Mob Deep are, are, are probably a, a second outcast there as well. Um, I just want to make a couple of points actually, similar to what T said about you know marketing and stuff. Everybody knows I'm a Floyd Mayweather fan. TBE the best ever he i think he truly and i think rap is like competitive sport where you have to 
you have to believe you're the best, otherwise don't bother. They compete with each other from the from from almost from birth because of the environment they are. Everything's competitive. Everything's re- you're coming up in a really really hard environment, and so and it was like when Floyd Mayweather said the best ever. He truly believed it, and he said, "I'm not saying that to disrespect any fighter." Sugar Ray Robinson, Sugar Ray Leonard, Muhammad Ali, they're all great, but I think I'm the best ever. And there's something about that. And then just a, just a moment ago, T, you was able to, without really making any effort at all, quote a Biggie interview. You said, Tupac got shot and I thought, oh, you know, he'll be back and, you know, he'll write a few, he'll write a few songs about it and then he'll be fine again. You was able to do that easily because Biggie quotes and Tupac quotes are quite rare because of the form of media that was around back then. It was radio, newspapers. That was about MTV, right? Yeah. Now, every fucker's, every fucker's got, you know, there's so much media out there. They've all got, you know, social media, which they taught, you know, Instagram and everything else now. They are putting out content and quotes all the time, every single day. And so this stuff, the stuff that they're saying now, I think if a biggie said that, 20 years ago when you compress when you when you're putting out so much shit you're gonna say some stuff that's just not true and that's what Migos and and Griselda have done here but I think and now I think the stuff that people say doesn't matter anymore I don't think it means anything really it's just stuff like you said to sell to sell to get attention um so I don't think it really matters but in terms of who's the best groups it's Wu-Tang and Mob Deep um yeah that's about it uh, Danity Kane like day twenty six, they were fifth harmony. Fifth harmony. The thing is, is that Carl makes a good point about there's so many quotes that he says that don't really mean anything because um, Lennon said the Beatles are bigger than Jesus, and he said that fifty six, fifty seven years ago. Yeah. And most people who are just in pop culture and the Beatles will know that quote, but no one's going to be talking about the Conway Amigos quote in. 15, 20 years from now, not because they're necessarily bad, but because there's such a wealth of quotes these days. Unless you are in a position where it could be true, i.e. Floyd Mayweather, people will forget about it. You know, and even um, there's some rapper who said, um, doesn't listen to Tupac or Biggie, and I've forgotten his name now, but that comment will be forgotten about a year from now. People have almost got to be more outlandish these days, and it's not very effective because over the last 10 years of quotes, you, you forget half of them because there's just so many. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you whose quotes you won't forget, T. Drake's, because they're all over fucking Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It, it, uh, it got, got me 5,000 retweets, that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um yeah, I mean, look, I think uh, all good points. I think that's a really fair point. It's a, it's a little bit like with music as well, in the sense of uh, overexposure, right? It's it's almost impossible to become as big as Michael Jackson or as iconic as Wu-Tang because you're competing with a million other people and the sort of when a mainstream TV channel or like music channel like MTV decides, right, Wu-Tang are amazing, that's it. Like they're there at the pinnacle and like Michael Jackson is hits that era when music television becomes big and already has like a fan base and makes a film and it's released. Now it's like every fucking singer's in every fucking film and TV show and they're on every platform and there's whatever genre you like, there's like six people that are all of a similar standing because we've got so much more. So I do have some sympathy with with people like Griselda because we have compared them to Wu-Tang in terms of the way they just fucking exploded on the scene and were like pulling sort of people of their crew like out of the woodwork and you're like fucking hell who's this guy like who's that like this is exciting and it felt fresh and they're all doing their own projects and in a lot of ways there's so many similarities there um i mean me me goes fucking trash they, they need to fucking burn <laughs> they need to burn um but yeah griselda i think like i understand why they feel like now like if hip-hop started 10 years ago fine like it's fair enough and it's the same way as like we probably talk about Messi and Ronaldo and like our parents generation were like Pele and Maradona they will not be told that Messi and Ronaldo are better they just won't hear it they'll just be like no like you didn't see them play this is what it was like the pitches were tougher like the tackles were harder in the same way as we you know we would say about the fucking way they write songs and the culture they came through and all this sort of shit so it's like comparing footballers from other eras you sure, sort of shouldn't do it um, but I just I just wish everyone would just shut the fuck up and realise Wu-Tang uh, Wu-Tang forever 
and they're for the children. So just shut the fuck up. Um, right, it's time for the halftime hype. Uh, this is the bit where we we give some props to some up and coming rappers or rappers that we like, or maybe rappers who are signed but you never heard of, maybe rappers you have heard of. It's just a chance to give a spotlight and put some uh, put some props to the way of people that are making some good music. So it's a friend of the show, Jay the Virgo. It's actually his birthday very recently. Um, he's he's an old man like me. He's now thirty five, and he's made a track uh, in honor of his own uh, birthday. So this is uh, thirty five by Jay the Virgo. Yeah, yeah. It's Virgo vibes, man. Tis the season. Right? Happy birthday to me. Hmm. Been a minute since I picked up the pen. Ever since I dropped 10, ain't been getting it in like I was. I've been avoiding the buzz. Reclusive personality, been avoiding the love. I'm noticing how everything with COVID did a number on my mental state. Writing my thoughts, share them out so that you could relate. I just be feeling like I'm constantly fighting with death. Trying to share what I can before my final breath. Cynicism has its ugly side, rooted in fear, but they often confuse it as pride. My therapist told me I'm too hard on myself. Accomplishments didn't align with the way that I felt. She said, if I don't give myself any credit, then I won't ever get relief from all the grief that's embedded. If you don't celebrate your wins when they happen, you'll never find happiness from everything that you manage. Had to get back to rapping because she gave me a bar. Only thing that can happen when you know you a star. But thus far, nowadays, I've been feeling my age. I'm the same, but all the trends that surround me change i hear what's popular but i just don't get the attraction you play the music just to listen and look for a caption social media is bad for the soul i make a post and close the app ain't got time for the scroll pretty women a wicked obsession i seen some dudes that couldn't handle it losing direction they wear a mask but don't worry about wearing protection i use both so i don't worry whenever i'm tested <laughs> vaccinated and melanated try to act surprised even though i be hella jaded running out of patience i ain't got the time for debating gotta quiet the noise so i'm staying elevated see when anxiety is a cultural norm we develop our different methods just to get through the storm gotta perform pressure to be productive trying to make the most out of whatever we've been stuck with out of luck with the trauma that we grew up with i'm trying to balance the present i got enough gifts since i'm creative people think that it's my full-time job but they don't see just what it takes for me to go this hard director when i'm at work gotta manage my team and i'm a director when i leave but it's a different meaning take the vision i'm seeing and put it on a screen and struggle to juggle it all need a normal routine and i don't even know how i'ma do it my energy low 2020 took a toll it was different before feel like i'm finally turning the page like my mentality is finally aligned with my age being hyphy was a thing from the past i figured it wouldn't last life comes at you fast <laughs> i'm slowly inching away from what's considered young no longer valuing the things that i considered fun and lately i've been surrounding myself with optimists i guess i knew what i needed in my subconsciousness who knows over time maybe something will stick i'll let you know where i'm at when i get to 36 that's it Shout out to J808 Beats, by the way. Yeah. So this is part three. This is The Choice Is Yours. This is a, a choice between two things and why. Could be an album, could be an artist, could be a comedian, a sneaker brand, could be anything really. Try to keep it as relevant as possible to the week of recording. We've just had this week uh, that we record, or sorry, yeah, early this week, um, Fat Joe versus Ja Rule uh, in the latest verses. The verses, like the Locks Dipset one, really took it up to another level. And like the fucking budget, like it never happened in the UK. Like the budgets over there and like the sort of like guest stars and just the fanfare it gets. I mean, it had like 100 million impressions on Twitter, like just in one night and just so many eyeballs. And I think it's I've come round to the idea that actually it's fucking great versus I don't watch them, but I love the I love what it's doing for some of these like these artists from the golden era that are just like getting to shine a light on it. But 
there has been i don't know if it's been confirmed or not there is a there is a discussion around uh, verses for p diddy now he's been quoted before saying the only verses that really make sense for him is dr dre mm. fairly reasonable shout i would say um but Jermaine Dupree has been mentioned and there was a bit of a back and forth on on Twitter between the two of them about um, should they be matched up. Now, on the surface, P. Diddy's like, well, I'll, I think he says, I'll, I'll wash you with Mary J and uh, Biggie alone. Right. Uh, and then, you know, Jermaine Dupree's obviously like chirping away, saying he's ready, ready for ready for action. Now, on the surface, it's a bit like, well, yeah, come on, man. It's P. Diddy's bad boy. He's got he's got so many, uh, so many big hits to call upon. But actually. We were we were sort of chatting about this last night, weren't we? And we realised that Jermaine Dupree has got has got. I mean, look, I know everyone knows he's got hits, but he's got he's got hits, boy. Cal, talk to me about this uh, this this verses, mate. What were your thoughts initially about this matchup? When I when I heard about it, I I agreed with Puffy because as much as like, he annoys me these days, I'll forever be a Puffy stand. It's just. You know, it's just one of those things, you know. It's, I'm like one of those people that keep Gary Glitter records under the bed because they just can't bear to throw them away. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah, like... but most, most of those people, the reason they can't throw them away is because the kids are stuck in the way. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, hell. Talk, talking of dangers, those two, <laughs> Debris and Puffy, you'd be like, oh, oh God. I mean, oh, they're, God. they're borderline, they're borderline noncy, aren't they? I mean, Diddy ended up with, or was seeing this girl who was seeing his son previously yes uh, uh laurie harvey is it yeah yeah, yeah. steve she's... harvey's daughter which is also hilarious isn't it to be fair she's a worldie so oh she's a knockout yeah. she's a knockout yeah. sure yeah um but i know what you're saying you know what you're saying he's like 15 she's like 23 it's like calm down man um but yeah when i first heard about it like musically it's like yeah puppy's gonna smash him but then you then you said like yeah but then he, but he did do jagged edge he did usher he like did confessions. Like I was like, oh, as soon as you said Asha, I was like, oh god, Puffy, you're in trouble here, mate. Because the thing about Puffy is, what are we counting here? Are we mm. counting shit that's just come out under his label? Are we counting shit that he's actually had exactly. a part of in actually making the music? If it's the stuff where he's actually made the music, then it gets a bit competitive, doesn't it? It's yeah, because so I was thinking about this as well, and I was thinking like thinking outside the box right outside the obvious biggie tracks and stuff like that and i was thinking oh what about do you remember that that um it was just called diddy the d the uh the d, the d. and i'm like that's neptune's though yeah so like does he get yeah. to claim that because i think he does because his song he's on, the song it's on his album yeah, yeah sure so this is what i mean so right so that means then that he gets to claim stuff that he's either rapping on or featured on or produced right but not stuff that so he couldn't he couldn't do who shot you for example because i don't think he produced that did he that was, yeah but uh, no but he shouts on it so therefore he gets a writer credit so that's his so this is what i mean right with Diddy. <laughs> he's a right little rat because he's he's gonna claim every fucking thing because he's probably an exec producer on every yeah. fucking track yeah. that bad boy have ever released yeah. it's like pe 2000 i've said it, i've said it before like pe 2000 is basically a public enemy beat but he's turned the dial like a cunt hair, and that's it. Now he then and you, you look at the album credits, and it says produced by Puff Daddy. It's like it's the same fucking beat. It's the same fucking beat, but you just got a dial and turned it a tiny weeny bit, and now it's produced by me. Fuck off. Like it's mad. Like, but yeah, I don't know what it depends. But I think Puffy's gonna. He'll probably do him off like a loophole. <laughs> he will. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll claim everything. Yeah, he will. How are you feeling about it, T? Who would you um? Yeah, what were your what were your thoughts on it first of all? I think we all agree that Diddy would likely win, yeah. but J- Jermaine Dupri's got stuff from Mariah Carey as well, man. As, mm. And uh, you know, a lot of a uh, a lot of her uh, peak, he was he was he was there, you know. So Point. it'd be very very competitive. But I think I think Diddy's just doing just the bad boy stuff alone would probably get him to get him to win. If he if he does um what I'll be missing you. Um, does um, no one can hold me down? Even what my money, more problems. Yeah, I mean, he's got, there's, he's there's got too much. Him, yeah, he's, he's got a lot him. of bangers. What I would say though is, uh, if you look at the prick, so I'll just have a look at these. Some of these I didn't realize were his productions. He's got a lot more variety than I thought he would have. Like he produced Jump by Criss Cross. Yeah, um, yeah, those yes. They were his group. Yeah. Yeah, and then like he's got uh, 
what's it called? Where is it? Usher. So he he also so everyone talks about confessions, but he did the first two <laughs> albums as well. He did, he did my way and also yeah. did eight seven zero one. So he's got like yeah. nice and slow by Usher, which is fucking nice. Bang. I mean, it's not a it's not a banger in the sense of like it's not a battle record, right? But it's a fucking anthem. So like and, that's yeah, and you know what else is that um if Jermaine, if Jermaine Dupree can get Usher or Mariah Carey to turn up, then things get a bit techy because. If Usher comes on and does what does U-turn, um, you make me wanna and nice and slow, you know it could get tough for Diddy. I mean, Diddy can't he can't he could bring out a hologram of Biggie, but who, who does he bring out? Yeah. This if is Jermaine I mean. Dupree, if Jermaine Dupree brings out Janet Jackson, it's over. Oh shit, that too. Yeah, and, and and this shows us what he was up to in the bedroom with her live on stage. There's no way Diddy recovers. No oh, chance. Okay. He he was going out of her for eight years. That exactly. man, that man's got yardy strokes. That man knows how to throw his dick around. Like yeah, about five foot tall. So he needs something. He's yeah. like he's like Shorty Mac for those that know. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely ejected that. Oh wait, Jermaine Dupri yeah. is Shorty Mac. Shorty Trust me. Oh my! I've just kind of you don't want to know. You don't want to know. He's, I've he's, got an idea. I Google it. Google it. Sort of adult. Google Shorty um, Mac and you'll Yeah, but he definitely injected that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I, uh, it's a freak. It's a freak it, thing. I've kind of got this vision of like, you know, coming to America the first one and it's the, the Black Awareness pageant and they're all up on the stage and I feel like the pair of them are going to bring their ex-girlfriends out and line them up. It's going to be like that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be like coming to America on. Randy Watson. <laughs> instead of like, instead of like Miss America or whatever, it's just going to be called like misogyny. <laughs> Misogyny yeah. 2021. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that would actually probably be the closer contest in, in reality. Because I think now we've spoken about it, I was thinking, yes, Dupree, you've got this. And actually, we've spoken about it. We've riddled it out. I think ultimately P. Diddy will be a tough test for anyone. I actually don't think, uh, I don't think many people can live with him. I think basically Dre and the Neptunes, maybe. That's and Timbaland. And Timbo, yeah. Do you think he's gonna? Do you think he'd do Dre? Gut, gut, gut reaction. Do you think he'd do Dre? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. What do you think, T? I think so, but it's difficult because Dre could go from the early NWA stuff to the stuff of Snoop. Okay, and maybe cent as well. he's got Fifty yeah. Cent too. And game California game. Love as well. Uh, Mary J. Blige. There's just not, there's not much variety though. I mean, he's got a family affair. Yeah, but in terms of R and B, what Truth Hurts, Addictive. What's, what's her name? Addictive, but yes. Yeah. Or yeah. Rakim verse on it as well. They say that. Rakim first. If it brings Rakim out, he might win. Or Tupac got... flies in from Cuba. Yeah, I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> He's got Kendrick as well, Dre, hasn't he? Dre's produced a couple. Barely. It'll count it though, mate. If Diddy's counting some of the fucking bullshit he's he's on, surely Dre's gonna gonna pull that out. He's, uh, Dre's got Eminem as well as the biggest selling hip hop artist all time. I mean, he's got he's gonna. He's going to have some big hit. That would be the one, really. Dre versus P. Diddy, East versus West. That's pretty big time. Yeah, it's, it, that is the one, isn't it? They are two absolute giants of East and yeah. West Coast hip-hop. Like, they just are as, as annoying as they both can be and have been over the years. They are absolute giants. But I think Puffy does him. I think Puffy does him. I, wanna, um, I would like to see Dre um, pull out Suge Knight. I would I'm like to see Matt. Puffy bring out Dre's ex-wife on stage and lips her. Punch her. <laughs> Go, just punch her. Like, Is this what you're missing? Fucking <laughs> hell. You, you, that was you. That is the sort of thing I would say, but you said it. I know. I know. Fuck. I was oh my God. Bad. I apologise. That was a horrendous joke. But it was funny. So it's not bad if it's funny. That's what my, uh, my other half always says. Um, so I'll stick with it. So on that note... Uh, that is the end of this episode. So sorry that we've kept Fuck you waiting. <laughs> so, so sorry that we've kept you waiting for such a long time. We, 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 we honestly, we do try to keep to our one every other week, but life does get in the way. We've been busy boys, so we're, we are sorry. But we, we've got... You've been on holiday, ain't you, John? Taking the pictures, mate. Mate, he's been waiting for four <laughs> weeks. <laughs> oh, fucking hell! John, every other day, getting his fucking top off. Re, taking another picture of me! Taking another picture of me! 
Thank you for listening to the Notorious P.O.D., a hip-hop podcast. This was a hip-hop forum episode, so a special thank you to Cow and T for their insight as always. Big up to man like Grindhouse, who's made all the theme music for the show. So please follow him on Twitter and show him some love at Music Grindhouse and on Spotify by searching for Grindhouse. That's G-R-I-N-D House. Please remember to leave us a review, or as we call it, your five for five. So give us a five-star review, and in return, you can leave us your top five favourite MCs of all time. Remember, we'll be adding all the songs mentioned and featured in our episodes on a Spotify playlist. So if you search for the Notorious Podcast Joints, you will find it. If you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at NotoriousP underscore O underscore D. On Instagram, we're at the Notorious POD. And follow me on Insta and Twitter at the Real John Bass. That's J O N B A S S. See you next time. Peace. Peace.